Hi everyone and welcome back to our third episode of Change Making Women. And on today's episode we'll be discussing entrepreneurship. So this topic came up because we had um, that chat a few weeks ago about um, your Kipili Pili project and how it's become like um, it's become a, a business that makes makes a difference. And I'm just interested in like your perspective as an entrepreneur in Tanzania on what it's like being an entrepreneur there what's the what what kind of experience is that well that's a very good question Marianne thank you very much being in an entrepreneur to be quite honest with you in my opinion it's very hard in Tanzania I mean Mm -hmm. you might think um, it's easy just getting in there you know you have the right idea um, you have the right direction you have the right marketing strategy and you're just going to make it but there's a lot more behind um, that you have to do and push I believe it's uh, it's it's not as simple and me um, and my partner doing Kipilipili have discovered that actually the hard way (laughs) we had to jump into the fire to to discover just how difficult it is but I think once everything is in place then it becomes uh, quite easy and I one thing I've also um, noticed or realized is that it really depends with what um, you're doing or mm-hmm. what sort of service or product you want to provide right. in Tanzania or within your community and so on. And uh, that will determine how easy or how hard, you know, your journey towards being a successful entrepreneur, you know, in Tanzania. Uh, I believe that's it really so mm-hmm. you find that for instance if you're doing um us doing you know just hair products or doing mm-hmm. providing the service um with hair provide uh, hair products and comes with everything else that we do um we found that when we began at first did not take us seriously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um uh, you know, even if you approach, for instance, an organization or you approach a supplier or, you know, you, you approach, you need some sort of, you know, collaboration with another, you know, supplier or another organization, yeah. um, they did not take us seriously. So <laughs> it was perhaps because of the kind of service that we are providing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when you, you know, when you go to uh, a lot of these workshops, then you realize, for instance, a person who is doing, um, who's doing health, I'm not saying it's easy for them, but um, they get accepted more easily. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, you, you get more accepted or the society or the business society or entrepreneur ship society um, Mm -hmm. understands you more or accepts you more if you're doing or providing some sort of a service for instance um that has to do let's say with health Mm -hmm. or you know that has to do with the community or you know things that are 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 touching and they're they're there like you can see Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. touch and you can feel so you get accepted more than things such as 
hair products. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I imagine know, also, of, like, because you're online with your business and pop-up shops and stuff, that that yeah. might be, like, some a, a new kind of model of business. Because what I always think about in Tanzania is, like, there's endless small shops, sell similar small shops, you know, that yeah. sell, like, very similar products. Because I, I was always, like, thinking, like, you know, like wishing that people would kind of innovate a bit more in their like small roadside shops and stuff because so many of them are like selling like almost somehow Sam, similar, similar things. products, you know. Mm. And of course, so for part instance, of that is because it's what people need every day. Yeah, maybe, but you know. How is it in the UK, for instance, you know, being an entrepreneur? So what I think about it or when I think about comparing it is that I think in the UK being an entrepreneur is like a choice. It's like something that you, you do if you're the sort of person that has like creative ideas and really wants to do it your own way. So even with my like new community for change making women, that's like me choosing to kind of do something a little, and you could call that like entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's probably social entrepreneurship or whatever, however you want to define it, but it's like you've come up with an idea, but generally I think like, because probably there are like, a lot more jobs, like kind of relatively decent jobs available here. Like your average person doesn't find themselves like thinking, well, I better just set up a business and sell something down on my street or on the corner or whatever. And what my, I've always observed in Tanzania is like, everybody wants to have a business first of all on the side. <laughs> I don't know. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I, you know, like, no, yeah, 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 absolutely right. I mean, you need that extra income so you can survive. And maybe so, so you and, can and, do some of the things you want to do. And Yeah. And there has been a lot of movement encouraging youth, especially to, to embark into entrepreneurship instead of just waiting for employment you know with a whole of this movement of empowering you know youth to come up with ideas to innovate you know to to get into the whole entrepreneurship space yeah. um i think it, it tells quite a lot there is a lot of unemployment then be creative enough um to be able to actually um, make a living out of yeah. your ideas yeah, so, and speaking of ideas, if you, you have a workable idea, you know, mm. and you start, you know, um, along the way, um, you feel like, you know what, I need some financial backing. How mm. does it work in, in the UK? So I've never gone for, like, bank backing for an idea that I've had. I've generally, like, funded ideas somehow myself through, like, work <laughs> for other people and then, like, put some money in the idea and then, you know... Um, but I know that you know you can go to a bank for kind of a business loan, um, and that they would. I mean, they, I think they probably require quite robust kind of business plan and stuff. But there are definitely facilities for for even quite small businesses to get some kind of capital that you have to repay. For me, it's always been like, well, maybe I've I've never really tried to start a, a business that of that kind you know my things have all been like social or community projects that were maybe never gonna be able to pay a loan back <laughs> um you know so I've never had that kind of um business where you know I was projecting profits in five or ten years that I would be able to like 
pay back a loan with and I think sometimes when you're sort of innovating in a space that you know is either new or emerging it's actually really hard to estimate isn't it as well like stuff like you're doing and I'm doing quite a lot of stuff online these days and like you know there's a certain amount of I don't know what it's going to look like even in a year's time because so many of these technologies and ways of connecting and getting people to buy and do stuff are change, shifting so much that it's actually quite hard to really know when you're in that sort of space what you know what your possible kind of um income or growth could be like you know like you kind of you're just sort of sensing something right and I think there's a there's that as well now that you know those and and you know there are people obviously that fund you know technological startups and ideas I guess yeah but I've, I've sort of always been asking myself is an idea enough you know to start a business yeah it's a good question that isn't it yeah I think on is its it... own it's not really but I do think like if you've got an idea and you're willing to experiment with it like try it out see what works and then like what you said in the episode where we talked about Kipili Pili like tweak things you know make changes in response to what people want and need from you then I think it starts to become like you know if it's something that people are willing to pay for then it starts to become like yeah this is like a business idea you know because you're right like some things they're kind of not enough and uh, perhaps many people I've, uh, I've spoken with, you know, the youth um, startups and so on, I think their biggest uh, challenge or their biggest fear um, is, okay, I have an idea, but I don't know how to execute it. Yeah. Um, or I have an idea and then they feel like, oh, my business needs a lot of money before I can start. So that has always been a challenge, I think, to, uh, to, a, to a lot of people. But then again, you know, if you look at, I think entrepreneurship at the same time has also been made quite easy, mm. you know, with all the technology. Yeah, it's not like the old days when you had to pay someone to print a flyer for you or you had to pay someone to make you a logo or you had to pay someone, you know, to just design, you know, design a website for you. You yeah. just find yourself nowadays, you can actually do everything yourself. Yeah, that's right. You can do pretty much everything yourself. And really, you have to choose to pay someone if you can't be bothered to learn how to do it, right? Which is, that does happen exactly. sometimes. Like, how many YouTube videos do I want to watch this week? <laughs> but Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. So all you have to pay is, you just have to pay for your data, and you're good to go. Sit there, watch YouTube, you know, self-teach yourself things. And you find yourself that, huh, okay, a lot of these things I can actually do them myself. And yeah. it becomes quite easy. And, you know, you sometimes you don't even have to spend a dime when it comes to, you know, marketing your product or your service. Something I find really interesting about that, though, is I, I don't know, when, when I think about kind of, what that what impact that sort of change has is that like it really means that people who like can't afford the data or like don't have access to or experience of using technology are a massive disadvantage even bigger than perhaps they might have been you know a few decades ago because like it you know there there's a whole sort of world out there that we're talking about that like there are people who that's kind of inaccessible to simply because like they don't have a phone or they don't have 
you know, enough for data. And, but having said that, I'm always surprised by how many people in, you know, if you go to villages in rural Tanzania or, you know, other parts of East Africa, do actually have some data on their phone and are actually updating their Facebook status and whatever. So it's interesting. I don't know whether it's a, you know, whether it exaggerates disadvantage or actually it's a bit of a leveler. It's, I don't know. Our telcos have really tried to, you know, make some of these social networks especially um, come for free. So mm, you find okay. that you get um, your free Facebook, you find that you get your free YouTube, you find really? that you get, you know, your you know, your free, I don't know, WhatsApp. If you pay a certain amount, you get your free WhatsApp. Perhaps mm. now the question will be, is accessibility of internet in those, you know, in the rural The actual areas. ability to access. And actually, that's still a problem Has, here in the UK, yes. or not. There are still places here that they haven't managed to, like, get the get, get yes. bandwidth to, and then people, you know, they do complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if, although they do claim you know we are all over tanzania but in actual fact they're not they're just in urban tanzania yeah and then the rural areas you know they still struggle to get internet yeah i think if more is done in terms of that and as well as you know because accessing internet what are they accessing what are people actually accessing and all the time when we talk about you know all this entrepreneurship or when we talk about you know all these opportunities in terms of entrepreneurship and so on we normally look at people in the urban areas yeah you know, it's true. We, we hardly okay we think about the rural areas but then we're like okay they're at the back of our minds so they'll catch up when they catch up but i think those are the people that actually need those opportunities yeah. of entrepreneurship because yes as much as farming is good but how are they improving their lives with farming for instance yeah. you know so is the government really going to help me and give me all the subsidies and, and things like that to help improve my life yeah. as a farmer or do I have to know some of basic entrepreneurship skills yeah. to improve my life as a farmer yeah, interesting. Well, I have read some interesting articles about people using technology, maybe not actually the internet, but um, things like text to, um, and it could be the internet as well, I don't know, but um, to communicate with, say like if you're a farmer in a village um, and say, you know, you've got some crops and, you, and you're thinking, should I like get on a bus for three hours that probably might break down and have a puncture and it might take me all day to get to town to the market? Like, should I go there or not? And then you might be comparing like your bus fare and how much it'll cost you to eat on the way and all that with like what you might make. And like in the past, you wouldn't have known what the price of tomatoes was at the market till you got there, right? But mm-hmm. now I've heard of like people texting you know, their relative in town to find out the cost of tomatoes at the market before they decide to climb on the bus. That's the kind of thing that's revolutionary. And it's kind of, yeah, until you think about it and you think, actually, God, yeah, that makes such a big difference. If you know the price, you know, you know how many other tomato sellers are down the market and what price they're selling at, you can make a, what's basically like a strategic decision, right? Where should I sell these tomatoes? You find out the price is low, just sell them to your neighbors and have an Absolutely. easy day. Absolutely. And speaking of tomatoes, um, I think a week ago I was uh, um, watching news and some of the f- tomato farmers were actually complaining. Oh, really? saying, 
there's a, a lot of tomatoes. They don't know what to do with them, and, really, and uh, they go bad because they can't sell them because the you know they're they don't know where to sell them. They can't sell them. You know the government cannot help either. We don't have you know processing factories or plants do they call them you know to perhaps can the tomatoes because that will be one way of helping you guys right yeah and yeah and one way of using them there's nothing that they make so like in the uk there are kind of you could call them traditional recipes. I mean, we tend not to call them that about ourselves, but it's the sort of thing. If if someone came, you know, if we, if we'd come to Africa and found people doing this, we'd have called it like a traditional recipe of like they make like you know these things that you have with food that are like you preserve. So like jam and chutney. Mm-hmm. That's what we, you know. That's that's how we used to preserve those things in in the UK. Like before we had or you know processing and canning and stuff and those because we don't have so many there are seasons of the year where we don't have fresh fresh produce right which I guess is why Mm. we developed you know those kind of systems whereas I guess you have fresh produce all year round so you know in the winter we didn't like have much free and veg so like we we needed ways to preserve it whereas you know in in Tanzania certainly and and around the equator you know you have like fresh produce different fresh produce all around the year so you don't really need to figure out how to preserve it until you get to a situation like you're talking about where you've got too much and you can't sell it because of the way the market's working and that's probably like something that's that's come with like the need to to have more cash and therefore sort of produce things to sell more rather than to like produce for your family and swap with your neighbor and whatever it was that people might have done in the village before you know mm. but the more you want cash the more you have to produce extra products and try and shift it don't you so yes and then i think that's where it comes down to entrepreneurship skills yeah. what do you do with your with your produce yeah, I think a, a whole lot of education should go into this. So actually, everyone has a, a particular skill to make their business a success. Otherwise, it's, it's just an entrepreneurship for the sake of being an entrepreneurship. And then you're not making really any profits at the end of the day. Yeah, and that brings me and back to all those yeah. like stores on the side of the road that sell exactly the same products. You know, and there'll be like one on the corner of one street and another on the corner of another. And like, you know, you can't believe that they're like necessarily making that much money. I guess we have them in the UK as well. We have like corner shops, we call them. And mm. you, have, you know, you have those little little shops there as well on sort of every street corner. And, you know, they always they have like the toothpaste and, the <laughs> you know, and I always think, blimey, someone opens another one and it's like, what's your what is your like differentiator or your innovation if you just open another corner shop? There's like a limit to how many corner shop any you like, can have in one needs. street. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, like that's it's kind of I guess it is entrepreneurship in some sense, but in another way, like for me, entrepreneurship is like when you have what I think of when I hear that is like when you have like a a new idea and it's an innovation so maybe instead of having on the corner of the street you know you 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 bring it around to people or whatever like here we have now like um you can order boxes of vegetables and food that come from particular sources you know like it's organic food or whatever from a certain Mm -hmm. farm or it's local it's grown nearby so it's really fresh and that's like in a way that's an innovation because instead of being from the same old supermarket or corner shop it's now you're picking out quality and they're bringing it to your door 
you know, or it's, you know, yeah. in theory. So that's like where you see innovation in that sort of market. And I guess I really think that what you're doing with Philly is innovation. <laughs> and I really also think that what's interesting about it is that, you know, you're, you're persistently doing it online. You're not suddenly going, oh, we must have like a shop on the street. Because I think what actually kills quite a lot of businesses is like higher overheads, right? So- um, absolutely. And speaking of innovation, as an entrepreneur, I think it's always to stay five you know, five steps ahead of, of the competition. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, a long time ago, I registered not a company, but um, a charity in Tanzania. And I've done companies and charities in the UK. And one thing I definitely have a perspective on is that those paperwork trails are much easier here. Like that experience in Tanzania of like going to the office, getting the form. Yeah, is that, I wanted to ask you, is it still that way? <laughs> It's still bureaucratic. It is still very much bureaucratic. Yes, it's seriously bureaucratic. But right now, it has just just a bit improved. You know, I can say about I feel like five percent improved. And that would be important because it was really bad. (laughs) Yeah, we're not there yet, but I think it's improved a bit. Yes. Because I think so, that's enough to like really put you off in the beginning. Like it's that yes. difficult just to get a piece of paper that says like, you know, your business exists or you're allowed to whatever it is to do something. Yeah. They try now and educate people that you can walk in. They walk you through the process, your, you know, business registration, yeah. you know, those organizations and so on right. of opening a business or opening an NGO, opening... Right, right. A, a company and so on um but still people are you know a bit skeptical about the whole thing and they will just rather give someone money and send them yes. to go and do it that's a, rather than a, them yeah. go and do it so <laughs> when you put everything together so being a startup or setting up your own business or just becoming an entrepreneur becomes a bit cumbersome and you're almost like giving up yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. an interesting thing you reminded me of. Yeah. It's easier to give someone money to go and send them to do it. And goodness knows what they do all day. And maybe they come back with the form or the registration or something. And they like, come back with a lot of stories too. And so, you know, it, you just give up. If you're just yeah. starting up, you just give up. So there's no really room for you to do it. But anyways, with a lot of education that, you know, the our government institutions giving out right now, you know, for their awareness sake. I hope it will be much easier come next year or come five years. And, and I am in the UK now, there's something that people talk about, you know, social entrepreneurs where, you know, the, the, the idea behind the business is a bit like, I mean, that's like what you're doing, right? Where, the, where there's a sort of social aim. So it's not just selling tomatoes, but it's, it could be that you sell tomatoes still, but you use the money to send kids to school, or it could be... Being Are you selling tomato with a purpose? With a purpose, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just interested in your perspective on how that lands in Tanzania. Is that something that people talk about? I mean, it's something you're doing, I think, but I'm just interested in the idea, hmm. the idea I'm lands quite, or not really. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what, as in how many people do anything or any of the businesses with a purpose but um especially with the uh, the smaller smaller scale the yeah. smaller entrepreneurs but in terms of um you know uh, bigger organizations or bigger companies and bigger businesses they sort of have that 
responsibility. So they have their they have proper responsibility. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so they do that now. So the businesses, it's almost like an obligation for that them. You to should do, do something good with some of you. You should do something. Yeah, it's sort of a re- you know return something back to the community sure so but in terms of the smaller scale um businesses i'm not quite sure if a lot of people are doing that unless you just turn your business all together or from the beginning it's actually a social a social um, project yeah social project i mean to be honest i guess on a small scale like um the social project is usually like providing for your family and your like immediate needs isn't it like if you're a very small scale business so in a way you know you, you don't you maybe don't have the, the scope or space if you're if you're really just it's a really subsistence thing you probably don't have the scope for that anyway all mm. right so I've got one more question for you so we were talking about like innovation in business and I was kind of saying about you know how I've seen a lot in Tanzania like um similar businesses start up but if I was to ask you I don't know I'm doing this off, on the spot, so let's see what your answer is. But what what would you say are like, can you think of two or three like businesses that you think are like really innovative and interesting? Um, I would say Paris mm-hmm. is very innovative. You're talking about transport, you're talking about food, you're talking about entertainment. So everything that a person needs in their daily lives. So that's product innovation. There's, there's so much interesting innovation in the last few years and what you can do on your phone, isn't there? And there's definitely so much more potential to sort of adapt that to different contexts and situations. You know, there might be... And when I think about, like, really... Um, examples of technology adapted to contexts like the sort of M-Pesa thing you know that's kind of like world famous as a system the the Kenyan thing where you you know they started it there didn't they where you they was like sending money up country to relatives yeah now we have it in Tanzania and it worked magic it's like everyone is on mobile mobile money and I'm talking about even now banks had to to confine to mobile money because, you know, so because now, it was so popular but that sending money yeah. up country thing is really tapping but, into like an idea of like people are sending money up country all the time oh western union charge a fortune i know what we can do we can make it easy exactly <laughs> and, and, and it's not just that i mean you know you can transfer your cash from the bank all the way to a person who is in the rural area so you don't and have to move so you don't really have to move you know you go to a kiosk and you know get your money so mm. it's easier and these the agents are all over the place you mm. wouldn't even use them you know so yeah, yeah, mobile yeah. money has worked magic for yeah. i think for africans it's yeah, worked magic absolutely. For africans. it's yeah. really ha- bringing back the question back to you innovation in this country it's interesting because that thing of um, money through phone hasn't taken off so much here i think it's coming in a different way but i think that we've always had like maybe banks like most people have bank accounts so transferring money from bank to bank was there so even if you are sending you know your relatives money it was fairly simple and now that's all just gone onto the phone so it hasn't really needed like that extra loop of this of m-pesas and mobile monies of the world but what Mm -hmm. is innovative here right now Oh, now you've posed my question back at me. I do think that most of the innovation that I can think of is like online. So, or is app related. So like you might have heard about the taxi service, the Uber taxi service. It's not, it's not really a, a UK innovation. It's a, it's a US innovation. Yes, which we also have. Uh, oh, have like we have it in Tanzania. Yes. And Uber. 
I absolutely love it. Are you serious? Wow. (laughs) That's innovation, right? I I use them quite often. I feel like they've been here forever. But I think they launched this year. And so far, so good. Interesting about those kind of companies is that um, all they're really doing is providing the technology, isn't it? They're not really... It's just the technology, yeah. The rest of it, and I don't know about there, but I'm pretty sure it's the same as here. I think the drivers employ themselves. They, you know, it's not really... They're not really doing anything apart from making this facility where you can book the driver and then like driver comes and you pay them. It's just the, the technology itself is revolutionary, so... Those are where the innovations are, you know. I mean, there's so many. I mean, there is Airbnb. Um, lately, I was uh, I was traveling to Nairobi, and I had to Airbnb. Uh, it's cheaper. <laughs> the technology is there. <laughs> so yeah, so it was quite helpful. Um, yeah, so there's so many technologies that are also being, although they were not originally started here, but they are being slowly introduced in Tanzania. It's interesting. Yes. What's interesting though is that it, that it's that we're talking about the same things even though we're like seven thousand miles apart that these te- these things are so you know transferable and replicable and and basically it's yeah. just the same system extended to a new territory it's like it's it's sort yeah. of like an unbelievable op- entrepreneur's opportunity if you that you couldn't have imagined 30 years ago so for tanzania at the moment in terms of innovations i think we see a lot of these new technologies being introduced yeah. i know they've been there in other markets for a long a longer period but for tanzania they're being introduced and people are embracing the yeah, technology I think a lot of them have sort of yeah. two sides of the coin don't they because like on the one hand, I think like the Uber thing probably means that uh, taxi drivers are getting more work. But on the other hand, they're generally like, you know, because it's their own employment and their own job, like then they don't have a lot of security in that position or, you know, so it's like um, generally these technologies are like allowing um, people to maybe get work that they wouldn't have got before. But generally it's like not on a, not on a particularly like secure or lasting basis yeah. like it might be but you also don't really have like a long-term contract or your pension or national insurance or whatever those things are so there's like it's like there's good and then there's like the flip side which is generally like they might not treat people so well or whatever it is you know and then when you look at airbnb like that's just kind of like a community right yes it and is they make some money out of it but basically it's like people offering their houses to people that's kind yeah, of interesting. It doesn't even sound like a business really, idea at all. It doesn't. It do, I mean, you're thinking, who would think of that? It makes you wonder what else you could monetize, right? It's quite interesting. So, um, so what, what would you say, I don't know, is it not an advice really, an entrepreneurship saying coming from you? I think like this is exactly not the advice I would listen to myself because for me, I get stuck maybe in like you know what's new and different actually I think you should probably look just on the edge of what exists and what's doing well you know so like with Baressa he's he's just like looking for the next product you know that he can get involved in or like with um Airbnb like you said they're probably just like it's probably the next thing after Facebook it's like Facebook that connects us and then they can yeah. advertise to us. And then Airbnb is like, oh, connect us to go and 
hang out in each other's houses. And oh, cool. Yeah. And then maybe charge a bit of money here and there for that, you know. So it's like, where's the, you know, where's the space on the edge? Or where's people's yeah. frustration? Like with taxis, what's the frustration? Well, you don't know what they're going to charge. You don't know if they'll show up, you know, all those things. Uber solves that problem. They show up. You know what they're going to pay. You, you know what you're going to pay them. You can forget about all of that hassle. So, so mm. the problems people have, which actually like pretty pretty is that, right? There's a problem. So it's, it's, uh, it's just a matter of listening mm-hmm. um, what the people around you or the community around you, you know, want or what is the pressure point, I always say. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, so you need to get to that the you know, and point. try, yes, and try and give a solution. Mm. Because at the end of the day, being an entrepreneur, that means it simply means you're just giving out solutions to people. Yeah. So, for instance, with Kipilipili, I don't know how to style my hair. I don't know what products to use to style my hair. I am giving you that solution. Yeah. Um, and then it's just that not giving up, you know, as an entrepreneur. You just, if you truly believe in your idea and you know in your heart that it's going to work it's just to keep on doing it yes. you know there's nothing better in this world than consistency mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us at, sometimes we just lack <laughs> you know yeah, we consistent think, oh, this enough. Is not working. let's do this instead that's true exactly if you're consistent mm-hmm. enough um, but of course consistency comes with innovation you know you will reach your goal yeah whatever your goal is as an entrepreneur yeah so that's my belief the the few the one year i've been into the entrepreneurship space that that is one thing that i've learned yeah yeah (laughs) sounds pretty good to me thank you so much it's an interesting conversation till next episode thank you bye-bye The theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com.